The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh, boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, you want to, oh, boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. Hi, all the mommies and newcomers. Uh, I'm going to bring our guest in here in just one quick second. There's a whole update I want to give you about uh, COVID. May We may weave it into what I uh, discussed with my very special guest, who I'm bringing in right now, the one and only Nikki Glazer. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin. Ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. Hey there. Hello. Hello. Look at you. So good to see you again. Look we, at me. we we miss me you. Too. We both had these. We were we did had not shared this, but uh, Susan was thinking about you. I had a dream about you. I can't. I just know. I I can't remember what happened, but you were definitely in a dream. So I didn't that dream about you. Means so much to me. What's um, <laughs> I, 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 a dream? Yeah, I, it really does. I mean, I don't want to. You don't know in what context, but the fact that we hung out in your dream means like I mean something to you, and it means a lot. Oh, so thank you. That's nice. Well, it 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 usually yeah. means I'm it usually means I'm worrying about somebody. That's what it usually means. So is everything okay? Oh, okay. Is, is everything okay? Yeah, everything is actually really good. I am. Yeah. Um, I was like excited to talk to you today because I know you always worry about me, and um, and you, uh, yeah, you, you. You tend to, like, I get worried about myself through your eyes sometimes. Um, <laughs> you've actually made it into my set. Uh, I've been doing a joke about how, um, how I told you that I don't mind if my, like, if I'm in a relationship, if like my boyfriend, like hooks up with someone else, like no, no, I kind you, of am turned yeah. on by that. I told you that before. And yes. I, you know, it's just how I feel. And you were like, 
you made me look you in the eyes and say and repeat after you, I am enough. I am enough. I am enough. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I talk about that on stage. I'm like, this isn't me being like a cool girl. Dr. Drew thinks I'm very damaged. And he made me look at him and say, I am enough over and over. And I I finally do think I am enough, Dr. Drew. Like I'm excited to report that I'm actually doing better than than ever. Good. I mean, you look great. You seem happy. I I watch you on Instagram. I've got lots of questions about your dad because he's he's my new best friend. <laughs> I see him on Instagram with you all the time. Oh my God, he will love that. Yeah, I have some pretty amazing parents and I think that that's uh, part of why I'm doing so well. I've just kind of, I, li- I live uh, at my parents' house for the time being and um, I think I'm finally over the fact that it, it it sounds bad, you know, and it sounds like pathetic. I'm kind of like, wait a second, I, I chose this. Like I, I could be anywhere and I'm... Uh, I'm choosing to be here and I'm actually really enjoying it for the time being. It's like, I, I, I don't want to be alone right now. And it's, uh, I'm not married or anything. So it's like, I'm just living with two people who love me and, and they're a great time and a great hang and they have a big house. So it's, it's actually, it's really nice. And your dad plays the guitar. My dad plays the guitar <laughs> and, um, and I've, I've picked up the guitar since living at home oh. and, and started playing. And so Ooh. we're playing together now and it's like, it's wow. really, it's really been fun. Yeah. That's pretty Have cool. you picked up any um, new hobbies during this time of, no. uh, you know, less work? <laughs> no, I actually... Or are you just work, you're probably working more. Uh, no, I'm not working more. I got kind of depressed. Uh, and when I get depressed, I get sort of, things kind of constrict for me. And and I knew, and I don't necessarily get sad. I'm really ne- I'm not even aware of it sometimes. But I noticed I wasn't reading. And reading is something, I, when I have free time, I'll read a lot. And, and I've picked up reading again, and I, I thought, oh, I'm feeling better. I could tell. I'm feeling better, and and I don't know. Just things seem better, and so I'm all of a sudden reading a ton, and that, then I'm pissed. That that's I interesting. I didn't read when I had free time before. That, that's Yeah, that's a, that's a sign to yourself that you're probably struggling with depression because yeah. you're not reading. Like, you yeah. wouldn't notice it maybe otherwise? You, I, when I'm in it, I'm so in it. It's hard for me to tell. That's kind of the way depression affects me. It's, it's constitutional, right? So it's, it's, it's hard to be objective about it. It just, I just notice things I'm, I'm not doing that I would normally do, and I think, oh, that's a sign, or I'm not sleeping right, or just, just, I don't feel sad. I don't feel bad. I just, I feel constricted. It's kind of a weird thing. That, that's kind of my version yeah. of depression. And um, what do you do when you to treat it? What's your um, For a while there, I was running outside. The sunlight and the exercise really helped. Uh, Just socializing and engaging in something like normal. So we went to New York at one point. Uh, We're just back from. Yeah, we went to Las Vegas for like two days. We just we did things. We did it very safely. We did our you know we did the you know what we're supposed to do, but just having social engagement that sort of was approximately normal made a huge difference huge difference we i know we were in mexico last week and we were with a group of people we were in a covid bubble but again that's something i brought a bunch of things to read i didn't read a word because i was so i was so so talking 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 the whole time it was so crazy just to be normally engaged with people and not worrying about things yeah, uh, being we're just all like not as social anymore, and it makes you depressed. No, and it's, that's, uh, it's not yeah. good. It's not good. So what, what's good. going on in St. Louis? I should look up uh, Missouri and see what's going on. Yeah, uh, we're spiking big time. You know, um, uh, apparently it's like a two-hour wait to get an ambulance to come and get you. Beds are full. Like things are not good here. So they just closed everything down. Um, 
you know, they stopped indoor dining and all that stuff just on Tuesday. But the, the, the mandate came out, I guess, last Friday and they were like, by Tuesday, everything's going back to uh, shut down. All so, right, so, so I'm looking, know, um, I'm looking at the Missouri graphs here and you had yeah. previously not had anything. I mean, it was really like nothing. And uh, I mean, it was a low simmer and uh, it's gone, it's gone up. It's gone. The graph is very, very, very positive. It, it doesn't look like you're done. It looks like it's continuing positive. Um, mm -hmm. I, I get skeptical. Yep. If you hear in the news that hospitals are full, you actually have to go look at that data. Nine times out of a 10, they're, they're distorting it. It's usually that they're having trouble staffing the hospitals, but it's not impossible okay. to staff them. So that'll be interesting. But what the good news in all of this is though your death rate is kind of spiking around a little bit, it's really not trended up. It's not really going up, which is kind of what we're seeing everywhere, which is that although we're, we're bringing people into the hospital, we're bringing them in early, we're giving them good treatments, and they're getting better. So that's the good news in, in the data I see here. But I'm good. You don't want to get sick if you don't have to. That's for sure. Um, no, just it, I'm just I'm just acting like I have it all the time, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. So just well, walk around like you have it, and like be like yeah. I mean, that's, that. what would the worst thing in the world be? But that you walk around spreading it to other people, right? Wouldn't that feel terrible? Right. That's the worst yeah. thing I can imagine. Yeah. It's like I keep saying I, I don't mind getting it as much as giving it. It's like oral sex. And I definitely don't want to give it to my parents, you know, oral sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I understand. I understand. I yeah. think. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you know. but that that is the, the nightmare is that you could be responsible for for giving it to someone. I mean, that's it. It's, yeah, I actually got and, I do um, a, I do a, I've been doing a local one of the things that's kept me kind of on focus. I've been doing a Fox 11 show here, local news. You know, we, we you know, we have the, the the Fox affiliate here in Los Angeles that has like Family Guys and Simpsons. Well, they have a news you know broadcast, too. And I've been doing yeah. news on that outlet every night. And, um, they, they asked me to stay home, you know, after Mexico for a week. I was like, yeah, I know probably the worst thing in the world would be if I walking around here pre-symptomatic or asymptomatic and I didn't, I gave it to somebody. Be, oh. I know I got out of, um, a barbecue that I was supposed to go to on Sunday, like an outdoor thing. And a friend of a friend has a friend that got it. And so I was like, I could have it. So I can't go. And it's like, I kind of love that there's, there is. Uh, good stuff about this of like, oh, I can't let a man get close to me right now. Huh, I can't go to the gym. Oh no, <laughs> please let me. Speaking of man there's, getting there's close to you, what happened to, uh, what's his name, the comedian that you used as your lifeline when oh. we did Millionaire? Oh. What, what's his name? Yeah, that, uh, I don't even want to say. It's, um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I used to, I, that was, uh, yeah, I went on a date with him and I think in, in, in January, that's, no, that's not happening. And I, I, anyone I was pursuing uh, at any point in my past was like a bad idea. So I'm, I'm, cl I'm cleaning, no, no, I'm not going back to anyone before then. I'm, I'm a different person now. I feel like I, I'm okay being alone, to be honest with you. Um, someone's going to be pretty special to get in because I'm, wow. I don't, I don't, I don't really need anyone. It's, it's like, it's almost scaring me how much I like don't need anyone except my parents. Well, that's good. Just, but, that's good. <laughs> but I, yeah, I just, no, he was, he was, uh, it was insane that I, uh, liked him so much, but you can't help, uh, what you're Does to. your sister live in the vicinity there too? She does. She uh, she lives in the city of St. Louis, and I'm in like the suburbs. But yeah, she has a family, two kids. I don't see her that often, but uh, enough. She's I was, great. I was say you have your nieces, so you do you get to see them very much, or is that? I have a niece and nephew. Yeah, I see them a lot, and um, they 
I was really disheartened the other day because I have a cutout that was um, of like a, a cardboard cutout of me that was at the Cardinals games over the summer. You know how they yep. you know put in the stands like yep. celebrities. So I was like sitting next to John Hamm in it as the closest I could ever get to him. And um, <laughs> and they gave me my cutout and I gave it to my niece and nephew as like a gift to like put in their bedroom. So like when I eventually move back to New York or LA, they can like remember me. And my nephew was so frightened by it. Um, they had to like, they had to move it to the trunk of the car um, in the car because he hated it so much. And I was thinking he was going to like love it. And he was like, mom, it's scary. Like he thought it was, scary. it's just me being like, <laughs> and he hated it. So I don't know. I, um, I'm trying to make a good impact on them and trying to, um, while I'm here, but uh, they don't seem to be really. No, I uh, thought I saw your niece on Instagram or something. I thought I. She's really cute. Yeah, yeah she's, she's amazing. So I'm really trying to learn a lot from her because babies are just. I mean, she just doesn't. Just it's such a great time when you know that she doesn't care about her looks or her body, and she's not self aware. It's. I'm just like hold on to that. Mm. It's so fleeting. You'll be robbed of it soon enough, little one. Just what's it like? To just like not even know you have a body and like just like it's, it, I, I just try to glean some of that from her. Nice. I was just thinking about other St. Yeah. Louis folks that, that I've known over the years. Uh, and we used to hang out with them when they were a couple, was uh, Jenna Fisher and James Gunn. And, oh, yeah. They're from St. Louis, Louis, right? Yep. Uh, we've got some good, um, we've got a good roster of, of, uh, you know, actors and, and celebrities, Carly Kloss, John Hamm, Sterling K. Brown, John Goodman. Oh, Goodman. Yeah, we do, we do okay. Bob Costas. We got some, uh, we got some good people. That's, Joe Buck. Yeah, yeah. I, I like our, I like our, uh, and now I'm on it. I think I'm on one of the notable St. Louis celebs. Nice. Uh, I love Wikipedia. that. I made it. It's well done. But, but the, the other thing about St. Louis, people are like, much like that whole corridor. If you just go south or north of St. Louis, people are just so nice. Like, like really nice. To your face. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I exactly. see. Is there a yeah. little behind the we scenes are, action? Oh yeah. There's a lot of shit talking in oh, St. Okay. Louis and a lot of okay. putting on like a, a we're, we're, yeah, I am a really nice person. People say that a lot, but I feel like, um, I'm finally getting to a place where I am as nice here as I am there. You know, like I want it to be all uh, congruent and I don't like that like fakeness that I see so much of. of yeah. Um, trying not to gossip anymore, trying not to, um, and, and just trying to not be fake and not just people please, which is a lot of what St. Louis is. Oh, um, interesting. And people are like, what's in the water there? People are so nice. I'm like alcohol. <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone's drunk all the time and, interesting. uh, pushing down their feelings and wanting people to like them. But oh, that's interesting. It, it, it is a great place to grow up. I love it, but it's, yeah, it's a lot of just like, well, it's it's, it's, it's pleasant to be around transiently. You know what I mean? For for a visitor, yeah. it's very, very pleasant. So, so nice. I've got a bunch of calls I, I want to get to here, too. Now, before I Great. before we jump on. Andrew Ashton really is going off. Oh, about why? About a lot of stuff. Uh, I've got a I've got a participant and he's in St. In. Louis. Andrew's in St. Louis, right? Oh, I think I believe he is. Uh, and he's a. What's he, oh, he's. I think he's worrying about. Okay, Andrew. News on lasting immunity. Maybe years. New vaccine news. New mask news. Finally, Newsom eating. I, I know, Andrew. I got a bunch of stuff. I, yeah, I'll get to it. I, I will get to the COVID news. I prefer to spend a little time with my friend Nikki Glazer, who very kindly. Wait. 
Wait, can I ask you something, Dr. Drew? Yeah. When you traveled recently, how do you, um, if I have to go on a plane, which I might have to pretty soon here, um, what, how do you suggest I prepare to go on a, an airplane? Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a, send her a wand. We, we have these UV wands. I already are, have one of those. Yeah. Oh. We're going to send you a UV I wand. I was thinking about a Hitachi. Okay. Yeah. Is this, <laughs> not that kind of wand. Well, you can bring that wand too. She's, I will. Uh, uh, yeah, it's in my bathroom, but, okay. but, um, she said she has her Hitachi wand. Will that do? Yeah. No, so I thought Susan missed that joke. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring okay. it around. No. Uh, so you need the, you need the Theragun for that. It works as both. Nikki. Oh, interesting. Oh, God. That's a, that's what you call a reveal. See, she says stuff and I'm just like, okay, we got it. I, you don't, you don't say things around me that it doesn't go in. I, I know what she means. Um, Oh, Andrew's in Texas. Andrew, why did I think you were in St. Louis? Uh, but the, the UV wands I use routinely when I travel on a plane because it gets into the the um, the you know when you pull up the uh, the tray table and all that stuff and the computer mm -hmm. surfaces and so I'm a big fan of that. Bring Clorox wipes. Make sure you have a mask. You I actually have some meaningful techniques. Make sure you have a mask that is comfortable, right? Like an N95 to me is too uncomfortable. I, I can't do five hours on a plane with an N95. I use a thick cloth mask that doesn't cut into my ears too much. So and and there's a lot of concern about not just the droplets, but about aerosols. So the surgical masks have spaces in the sides. Not uh-uh. You want something that really kind of seals on your face. Okay. You still okay. with me? Yeah, because you're going to be there for five Yeah, hours. I am. What about a double mask? Because I wear an N95 and then I wear like a fun, flirty cotton that, one. That's, that's fine. Like, if if you can, if you can, over the N95. If you get a fun, flirty, uh, if you can it's, tolerate, it, it, the, if you can tolerate the N95, that that's that's fine. That's ideal, right? I just I just can't tolerate. It. The other thing is, okay, this is a this is a UV wand. Uh, this is called an eye wand. It's the one I think is the mm -hmm. best. But but. Um, I, I was, I see it. I see it. Uh, this one fits in my pocket. That's why okay. I like it. It doesn't break or anything and it's charged lasts a long time. Um, but the, um, the other thing is eating on a plane. They brawl out food and everybody takes their masks off and eats at the same time. Right. Well, I hold my breath as I eat. I can still go and in your I nose. Back over. And I still, then I chew. I, all I would say is don't okay, eat. Like this when I eat. Do that, but don't eat when everybody else eats. Ah, yes. Okay. okay. Cause so, then it's all exactly. So just eat when everyone else puts their mask back on again. And and okay. I deal with that by eating before I get on the plane and then I just bring a snack with me. That's my that's my way of dealing with that. The problem, I'm telling you the problem with travel is not the planes. It's the airports. The airports are difficult. It's hard to distance. It's they they cramp every once in a while they'll they'll feed you into a small sort of line or a stack or something is, is not right distance wise. So that's the only thing to watch out for is keep your, keep your wits about you in the airport. And people are really lackadaisical about the mask at the gate. People are doing the, the over the nose. A lot the of people below, that don't want to wear the mask are really like just being lazy about it. A Ugh. lot of below the nose stuff, which is upsetting because you might as well not wear it. And, but, but wear your mask and keep your distance and you should be fine. It, it's really, it's about, it's about managing risk. Here, the, my my general note on this whole thing is, we can we can navigate with this thing. We can manage. We don't have to sit and hide in our houses. We can navigate with it and manage our risk. I mean, the yes, sitting in your locking yourself in the bathroom, zero risk. 
but you can, you know, it's not that much higher a risk to do the things you're supposed to do and, and, uh, and navigate. Where are you going? Um, I'm going to LA actually to, to shoot some stuff. Great. Congratulations. Good. Yeah. You'll be shocked what a, what a set is like. You'll be shocked. It's weird. I hear it's pretty depressing. <laughs> it's just weird. And, and, and they'll make you get tested yeah. 30 times too. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, looking forward to it, but yeah, right. I'm glad to work though. I mean, I'm glad they're able to even do it. Right. Here comes a call. This is David. David, go ahead. Nikki Glazer. Hey, Dr. Drew. Uh, first off, just want to say totally. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Totally support the radical revolution. Rational. hundred uh, percent. Rational revolution. Oh, rational. Sorry. It's all right. Support uh, it. I get hey, it. Nikki. It's good. Yeah. Um, so with the Me Too movement and all this, do you like it more if a guy asks before kissing you or do you like it more if he can tell by like body language or stuff like that? This is a Nikki Thanks, question. Dr. Drew, piss on me, beat me. Oh all right, you got it, man. I love this question so much. What was his name again? David. David, great question. I have a great answer for you, okay? Listen up every guy who's wondering if you, if you want to know when it's okay to kiss a girl. First of all, I do like to be asked... I do. I don't like um, anyone to just assume, but here's a way to test it if you don't want to have to ask. Okay. So you're hanging out with a girl and you don't know if she likes you or not, or if you should lean in for a kiss. This is the test to do. Sit next to her close enough. Like if you, if you can't get close enough to her that your arms are kind of touching, then that's a no-go, right? But if you're showing her something on your phone or you're both walk, looking at something, get close enough that your arms are flush with each other. And I'm not talking about like really rubbing up against her where you could maybe put a piece of paper in between you, but you can both feel it, right? We all know that feeling. Now this, you're not going to feel totally rejected if she just slightly moves away to make that connection nothing, right? That means don't kiss her. If you just move a little bit away and you're like, no, but if she keeps it flush, if she keeps it flush for over 20 seconds, yeah, good to go. But, but what if she? Everyone knows that feeling. Th this is this yeah. is something that men do not know. You understand this, right? Right. They're they're not looking yeah. out for it. They just don't even like. They have no idea. What what if she leans into it? Then then absolutely. But the the best most tacit way to let someone know that you're good to go to like take it maybe to the next level would be just leaving it. And it, but it's, this is a great way because it's a way for you as a guy to not feel super rejected because. You can convince yourself that maybe she didn't feel your arm and then you can like keep hanging out with her and try and try again with the arm, with this gentle arm thing, but just a close enough that it's just your, your clothing is touching, just barely touching. And if she doesn't move away, which with it, if she does, you can just be like, oh, I guess she just, you can convince yourself it wasn't a rejection. But if she does move away, keep trying, like keep hanging out and like take it tuck back. But if she keeps it. Good to kiss. And, and let's so so to drill a little further, just so guys can understand what this is. What what is happening to her in those moments? Is she actually thinking about something? Is that just a more of a yes, natural? Yeah, she's feeling it because if you because you know when a, if a guy, a guy friend of mine, if if you and I were like doing that, I would be like, okay, that's weird for Doctor Drew to like have his arm flush with mine. We don't need to be like that. That's yeah. not our vibe, right? Yeah, like a yeah. guy friend, if you're someone. That, we, you just, I would scoot just to make you more comfortable. There would be a space between us. Now, if, but if I was hanging out with a guy that it was like on the fence about, 
if I felt that way about him, I would be so perceptive of the fact that our arm our, we're touching. Everyone knows that feel like that's the most exciting part of a relationship. Well, you, I think is I, the very beginning when your legs first touch, your arms first touch. So I think there, we're is there very a leg aware ver- of that. Is there a leg version of your arm description too? Sure. Yes. Any oh. any any body part that's fl- even your penis, just put it <laughs> flush with her. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Please don't do that. But just any yeah, your foot, anything is just like barely. Cause then it's like, you're not overdoing it. She can convince herself that like, maybe he didn't know, but she'll move if she's not into it. That is so funny. And men have no idea. They, they, if you didn't alert them, they'd miss it. Really? Yeah. But this is a way for them to on purpose, do something that is not going to push her boundaries and make her deeply uncomfortable, but you're going to get your answer. So it's very interesting. As you were describing that interaction, about uh, 10 people on my chat stream. Went, is Nikki seeing anybody? Who, who's, who's, who's she seeing? Who's in her life? <laughs> oh, my God. No one. No one. You're, you're good without a man. That's you just, you just told us. Oh, I really am. Wait, but, here's, a, here's somebody know, says there's, what about fun. Tom Cigar is a regular with us, says, I do the knee test where somehow I make sure there's no, oh, what is he talking about? The knee test. That's, that's the leg test you're talking about, right, Nikki? It's got to be the same thing, yeah, like same knees thing. touching. It's got to be the same thing. It's uh, it's so good. Uh, we're such they're so funny on this thing. All right, David, one little call and it got all that going on. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> Josh. Go ahead, Josh. Hello. Um, I always wondered what it was about people who go to gas stations regularly that think the clerk is a therapist. Uh, if you could help me out with that, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. So, so you're the you're the clerk there, and people stop and unload mm-hmm. their lives on you, yeah? Well, That's a really good well, point. I, I do that a lot. Yeah. Is it small town, the urban? Where are you? Oh, this was West by God, Virginia, <laughs> okay. middle of nowhere. <laughs> okay, middle of nowhere. <laughs> so, who else are they going to talk to? Right. Yeah. It's like a bartender. Yeah. Um, you just, and you know, that person's seen some shit. They've had a long day. I often strike up a conversation with the gas station attendant. Cause I just know that they're bored and, um, and th- they always just seem so friendly. And, and I want to just like spice up their day a little bit by sharing something revealing about my life. Maybe I, I guess that's it. So the Josh, the answer is they want to entertain you like Nikki does. They feel like they need an audience and you're like- there. <laughs> and, then, and we're lonely. Everyone's lonely, and I you guys are just, uh, yeah. We just, we just want to have a, a human interaction, and you must have a very open, like, warm presence about you, Josh. Yeah, I think that, so. That's what I'm guessing. If people just spill stuff, because I, I don't think it happens all the time. Either that, or there's something appealing about that plexiglass barrier that between you and your customers. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, this is uh, Trey. We've got some good calls for you, Nikki. Trey. Right. Um, hey, so I'm calling from Idaho. Nice. Um, I just first off want to say I'm a huge fan of Nikki's. Um, and of course, hey, you're Drew. I will be coming up in May for sure. Um, I, so my question is for Nikki. So I'm a gay man who tends to come off somewhat straight. And so the, I, I get this, I, I get myself in a, situation where i have a lot of female friends that end up trying to like come on to me and trying to flip me and saying oh well you're not really gay and so i'm just i'm so 
I guess I'm asking you if, if, if you were doing that without realizing it, how would you want to be approached to say like, Hey, I'm good, but we're still friends. So, huh, so have, um, you, have you ever done that with yeah. a gay friend? Um, n- no, you know, I, I think I've been attracted to gay men before, but as soon as I find out they're gay, I'm like, Oh, okay. And then you stop. Um, you don't try to, to yeah. flip them. Yeah. I think that it, you need to, I mean, maybe put it from their point of view of like, how would you feel if a girlfriend of yours suddenly just tried to convince you to be attracted to something you're not. Um, And also I think that it's just, it's kind of a violation of of your friendship. And um, I think that, I don't know, I I would reconsider my friendship with these people probably if they kept trying it and yeah, um, and, and, and not a good I, I want to say at a certain point that becomes predatory and I'm not yeah. saying your, your, your friends are necessarily predators, but, yeah, but if, if no. they persevere, it's, I mean, it's really, no, that's it's like really that way a couple of times. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. And, and I, and I would, and they'll probably say cause they're, dr- it's because they're drunk or something or they're like, it, it, and just don't let them exactly. use that. Cause that's, that's how it happens. Next, I'm sure this is happening when they're drunk. And then they go like, oh my God, I was so drunk. And then it, yep. then it happens again the next time they're drunk. So yeah. Not All good. right. Sorry, Dr. Drew, what were you going to say? Yes, no, I was going to say that if he could, when, once you mentioned the drunk, I thought, oh yeah, that's probably right. But, but if they're <laughs> not drunk, if there's some sort of, to make fun of, you don't want to think, you need to think you're a predator, right? You know what I mean? To sort of bring up this issue of predation, but don't, don't do it full on. Like, Hey, you're a predator. Just sort of make fun of it to put that in the room that this is really inappropriate behavior, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Give Susan a mic. Uh, here we go. This is off topic, but the TV guy wants to come by in 10 minutes. Do you guys mind if the dogs bark? So, so I, you can I, have not only do Netflix. I not mind. So, so Nikki, here's the, this is the, let he me, wants this, his Netflix back. this requires, <laughs> this requires a full story. <laughs> For some reason, I, I did I not. Uh, no, no, no. It's not porn. It's not okay. porn. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki. No. It's not. So it, it's it's a uh, night for last. I was I slept really really poorly. So last night I was exhausted. I said because you were dreaming about me. I had some. That's why I can't remember them because I was so <laughs> out of it. But uh, and I go, Susan. Tonight we are going to watch the next two episodes of the Queen's Gambit, and I'm going to sleep. I'm going to bed at eight o'clock. Two episodes of Queen's Gambit, and I'm going to sleep. And we were 15 minutes into the episode and everything froze and shut down and kicked out and couldn't be restarted. It was devastating. Devastating. So I, so I've been bugging Susan all day. So When's the TV guy getting, can we get a TV guy? Can we get somebody over here? When's so the- I got him. I mean, I got him. He's going to come Saturday. And he just said, I said, if you can come sooner. And he said, can I stop by in 10 yes. minutes? That was 10 minutes ago. So let's hope oh if you hear God. the dogs and then that barking. that means that the dogs are going to bark. Yeah, so I get that. This is very okay. professional, like TV stuff here. So we she's wanna... alerting us to what's about to happen. But it's worth it, right? Because yeah. yes. mine will probably somebody. bark at some point too. So right. no good. worries. Okay, okay good. good. Excellent. If People find it endearing. It, it humanizes you. You have dogs. <laughs> you like it. That's true. Here's yeah. Jason. Why, why can't I, I can't call Hello? to mine. Hang on a second, Jason. I can't call to mind what your dog is. Has your dog not been on your Instagram or what kind of dog is it? I have two. I, well, I had two dogs that I got when I lived in LA and then I moved to New York and it was really like hard to have them there. So I, I gave them to my mom and my sister uh, respectively. Uh, and then I moved back here and I got them back. So they both live with me now. And, um, 
yeah, we just like share these dogs as a family. And so, yeah, they live with me, but I am like a deadbeat mom to them. Like my yeah. dog, Luigi, who used to love me so much is just like, yeah, right. You're, <laughs> a, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't like me anymore. He's very suspicious. He knows I'm going to leave at some point. Right. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's, I kind of have them back. It's pretty nice, but yeah, classic, like I'm classic, uh, abandonment syndrome. Uh, Jason, go ahead there. Hey now. Hey, uh, you guys are both awesome and I am a dog lover. So bark away. And, uh, Hey Nikki, um, listening to you on Joe Rogan, I, I've, I've been promoting the book to stop drink, uh, smoking for a long time. And I never knew there was one for drinking. And 13 months ago, uh, listening to you, uh, I've, I haven't had a drink since. And, um, you've probably changed a lot of lives because of your little ambassador to having a great life and not drinking. So I just wanted to thank you. Oh, wow. Thank you, uh, Jason. That's awesome. I, d I have heard a lot of feedback from um, my appearances on Rogan talking about uh, how I quit drinking using um, Alan Carr's easy way method, which is also what I use to quit smoking. And, um, and it's not for everyone. It's not like, uh, it's, it, but if, if you're ready to do it, it definitely can help you get there just by reading a book. It's, it's really as simple as that. Dr. Drew, you're familiar with this technique, right? T tell me. Well, I, I got a little bit lost. I, well, I, what he does is he pretty much just, he just, um, he's got, he's dead now, Alan Carr, but he wrote a book about the easy way to stop uh, smoking and the easy way to stop drinking. He has like the, he has an easy way for pretty much any addiction. And you read this book and by the end of it, you just like are free of the addiction. And it pretty much um, leaves you with no reason to do it anymore. It like, hmm. uh, it argues against any reason you have to continue doing it. And when you strip away any reason or any benefit that you supposedly are getting from it and he dispels all of those for you, you kind of, um, how he puts it, I think is like, you get unbrainwashed into thinking that you need it. And like, um, for example, to quit smoking people, it's part of the propaganda of the cigarette companies to have people think that it's hard to quit smoking when really it's not that severe of an addiction. If you really, uh, think if you compared to other ones, like the withdrawal is like as uncomfortable as being a little bit hungry is what he compares it to. So once you realize that the, the tobacco companies are trying to make you think it's hard to quit smoking, cause you'll keep doing it. If you think something's hard, you'll give up and keep doing it. You realize it's not that hard and, and you can do it. And it's, it's miraculous how it, how it works. My mom had tried everything to quit smoking for 35 years. I read this book. I quit smoking and I gave it to her and she hasn't smoked since either. And she really tried everything. So it's, uh, I give it to everyone who wants to quit. What I'm looking at Amazon right now. What is it? What is the name of the book? It's called Al, Alan Carr, C-A-R-R, -R, Easy Way. The easy way to um, stop smoking, I believe it is, or quit smoking, or. Um, but it looks like the head is, he has a, he has a different book. He has a book, different book for every behavior. Is that true? Literally every behavior. Yeah, I mean, it's if you want to get over your fear of flying, if you want to quit vaping, if you want to um, uh, quit emotional eating. If uh, he really, I, I've read the emotional eating one. That one is a little bit more tricky for me, but it um, it, it it definitely helped and. Hmm. Um, it's, it's uh, the quitting drinking book. I never thought I would be able to stop drinking. It was something I did every single night of my life. I was, uh, it was all of my friends were, it was, it was everything to me. Like it was, I never thought I'd quit. And, um, it, it truly was quote unquote easy. And I, and I, um, I, again, it doesn't work for everyone. I don't want to make it seem like it's 
Um, but it, it's sort of a cognitive behavioral therapy technique or something. Is that kind of, I yeah. mean, I, I guess so. It's just it, by the end of it, he goes, you know, by the end of the smoking book, he's, and by the way, you can smoke and you can drink while you read the book. So it doesn't require <laughs> you to quit upon by the reading. Way. So he encourages you at the end of a chapter. Now go have a cigarette. Now, and then at the very end of the smoking book, he goes, now go have your last cigarette. See if you want it. And you just don't want it. It's weird. I don't know how it works, but I mean, it does. Easy way to quit emotional learning, eating, easy way to lose weight. Hmm. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, I, I should know something about what's going on there. I will look. And at I, thousands of people have written to me thanking me for, uh, and, and even the Alan Carr like society wrote to me, and I'm like quoted in one of their books now. And I've been a big. Uh, I spread the word. I found out about it from uh, Ashton Kutcher and Ellen DeGeneres talking about it on Jay Leno back in you know the the early 2000s. That's and, how I heard about Alan Carr. And what was what were they using it for? Do you remember? Smoking. Smoking. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, and so I picked it up and the thing is I just had a, the drinking one on my shelf because the smoking one worked so well and mm. so miraculously that I, when I knew that I wanted to quit drinking, like it was starting to become a problem. I wasn't really ready. You gotta be honestly, you gotta be ready to do this and, right. and want to quit. Of course. But that's not all. That's all it takes is just a little bit of a desire to want. I bought the drinking book and just kept it on my bookshelf until I was ready. And I had a really bad hangover one, um, one day in, in Cleveland and I flew back home to New York and I picked up the book and, and read it in a week and then I was done. So did you say uh, you were, you were, I just, I just think, were you a smoker too? Yeah. Did you smoke? Yeah. I smoked for a while. Yeah. Wow. Pack a day, pack and a half a day. Yeah. Oof. And I mean, it's been 10 years, but it was, yeah, I was into it. I'm a very, I love, I get addicted to a lot of stuff. Interesting. Um, I jump from one to the next right now. It's like nothing. I, I don't know what's going on. You're, you're, you're regulated. I think I'm feeling my feelings. Yeah, you're having your feelings, and but you're regulating them. You're regulating them. You you know, back when yeah. we, I think when we talked in March, you said you were getting uh, sort of Zoom therapy or something. Is that still happening? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still go to therapy uh, once a week, and then I have um, I uh, do a recovery program, mm. and I also am like a medicated now for my depression and uh, ADD, which I did not know I had, and I do. <laughs> well, all all of that. I remember last time I was on your radio show, that was all sort of starting. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I could see the difference. You then. were the one that helped me find my therapist. Oh, I mean, I you were that. saying like, right. you don't feel your feelings and you need an emotionally focused therapist. So I, I found one and, um, she just listens to me talk and goes, <laughs> like, she that's, mirrors, what, like, that's it. That's all she's got to do. That's the magic of like, therapy. Make spaces that are supposed to be how I'm supposed to feel about my story. And it, it's still hard for me. Like I don't cry. Yeah. And so I, I think I do feel my feelings. I journal a lot, like I meditate, but I still am not a big crier. And um, I'm looking um, into how I can kind of um, get into that. I'm I, really jealous of these people who are like, I cry every day. Yeah, like, I, I would oh. argue too much is made of that. I, I'm not sure that's an important hmm. thing. Um, and, and what we'll start that with your therapist is every little movement, micro movement of her facial musculature, you, you will start to zero in on as reflections of your feelings. It's hard to do it through yeah. Zoom. It's hard. 
but that that that's where this goes. And what's more important, let me tell you what's more important, is to feel feelings of emptiness, like to really drop into the emptiness. Did you have much of those kinds of feelings? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. Because sometimes you go and you try to feel what you're feeling and there's just like nothing, nothing there. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I've, I've really, I mean, that was like, that was the problem. I was getting so just wildly depressed over the summer and, um, I didn't know what to do. I was really at a loss. And, um, I finally, someone I was talking about enough. Someone was like, you might have ADD because this is kind of a way that it manifests in women. And I read the symptoms of women with ADD and I was like, I think I might have this. So I went and got like a two hour test and I've got it. And so now I'm, um, treated for it and I have not had a, like a suicidal ideation, which was my like number one symptom of being depressed, obviously. But it was just like, I would have these unwanted thoughts of like, kill yourself. Like I wasn't ever doing anything or planning, but it was like, just this, like this constant thought, not like a hearing voice either. It was just so bizarre. And I would just be like, Oh God, this again, like, like how you're saying when you notice you're not reading, you're like, Oh fuck, I'm depressed. And then it would just, it would just, that's when I could fucking cry. And, um, but ever since I've started, um, treating my ADD, I haven't had any of those thoughts. It's been amazing. When when you were younger, did you like a weed a lot? Was that a, a go-to drug? I love weed now. Like I'm yeah. obsessed. I was obsessed with weed and it was like, I, I felt so bad about it because it, it, it didn't seem like something I was doing recreationally. And I was like, I, I needed in the morning. I wasn't even smoking it at night. Like it wasn't yeah. a calm down for me. It would make me focused. It would make me interested. It would make me feel love and just, it would make me happy and instantly. And, um, even still recently I was struggling with it, but now I'm on, um, uh, an anti-anxiety for that. And so now the weed, I, I haven't smoked weed in, in weeks. Good. Cause it's, it's a, the thing about ADD is certain, certain ADD profiles. Weed really works for a while. It, draw, it draws you in because it, it works for the ADD and people feel a lot better on it, but then it goes the other way. Eventually it, it doesn't work long-term. So good. Yes. So well done. Thanks. How about that? Thanks. Um, <laughs> hmm, we got lots of other questions here. Let me see. I, I haven't even put the number out yet. It's a 984-237-3739-984. Okay. Susan says, stop it. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> let's do a little anxiety talk. This is more of an acute stress reaction. So let's talk to Dana here. Uh, Dana, you're on with Nikki Glazer. Hi. Hi there. Um, huge fan of you both. Can you hear me? We got gotcha. you. We got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have to say, Nikki Glazer, I cannot shave my ass without thinking about you and uh, a nest full of daddy long legs. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah, yes. Dr. Drew, um, <laughs> just anyway. to catch you up, it's sometimes when you shave your backside, um, it's longer than you anticipate. And sometimes you you go, what is this? And, and did I sit on a nest of daddy long legs? That was a line from one of my specials. Thank it's you, Dana. So true. Oh, is, is uh, should we be, should we still be, is that from banging or should we still be promoting that? Yeah. I mean, I have, I have, I don't think that was in bang. I think that was in, um, perfect. My, uh, comedy central one, but, um, yeah, banging is available on Netflix. I also have a, a half hour on Netflix, um, two different half hours on the Netflix, uh, the standups and the degenerates. So Oh, yeah, we saw the degenerates. That was good. Yep. Yeah. All right, Dana, what's up? Thanks. 
so I went to the hospital. I called a friend of mine called 911. I was having a severe asthma attack. And um, I've, I've been one of those people that's been avoiding the doctors um, since COVID. But it's kind of hard for me because I was also declared no evidence of disease from stage 3B breast cancer recently. Wow. Um, okay. So I do have to. Yeah, I've, I've been going through treatment through this whole thing, which has been very interesting. <laughs> I, um, I just finished up radiation and all my tests and everything came back clear. Um, but I still deal with pretty severe asthma. So I was admitted to the hospital on Monday and also ha- I had uh, every test in the book, including CAT scans for, uh, to check for, uh, embolisms. Uh, but it came back as just, uh, asthma attack and an upper respiratory infection that I'm on prednisone, CPAC, new albuterol, um, and Montelukast to control that. But the issue now is that I've had paralyzing anxiety Mm. since. Um, and so I've always been prone to anxiety, but I've, it's more situational. So like, you know, claustrophobia, traveling, that I've been able to handle mentally and go through my coping skills. But this is a different kind of feeling that I'm going through now where I am terrified of every feeling and I haven't really been able to get out of bed. And I don't know if it's Mm -mm. because of all the new medication that I'm on or the trauma of going to the hospital during COVID. And that was a whole nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. What do you think? So, this is rough. I mean, you're really talking about panic, right? You're in a panic all the time? Yeah. 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 And panic is particularly distressing. It, it paralyzes you. Literally, you can't do anything when when, when panic sets in. But panic uh, responds to pharmacology. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, I would urge you, I, I had panic when I was like 19, and I lived with it for like six months, and then it converted into severe chronic anxiety you don't want to leave it untreated because it, mm-hmm. it, it turns into more anxiety and, and that's and it and you can go through mm-hmm. a lot of misery while you wait for it to get better so i would urge you to see a psychiatrist and get some treatment it may be some of the meds drawn for the asthma it may be and i mean it, there's a piece here of post-traumatic stress disorder right oh absolutely uh, i've been dealing with ptsd ever since i was diagnosed with cancer Right. And and one of the crazy things about cancer, and this happens just about everybody happened to me too, which is you, you keep waiting for the next shoe to drop, right? It's like, Oh, here, here it is. This is it. Yeah. This is what, and, and that, that, yeah, that it, go ahead. Uh, just because of the, the hormone blocking, uh, medications that I'm on, oh, it makes it worse. you know, I gave my list of, of cancer meds to, uh, the nurse in the hospital and, then everybody started kind of panicking that it might be an embolism, which raised my panic detector even more. Right. And I actually started not having a seizure, but doing that like um, panic, anxiety, shaking, yeah. and just tremors, tremors, tremors. Horrible. You know? And why didn't they treat yeah. you? Why didn't they treat the anxiety? Or are they treating it? They gave me um, an Ativan right before my CT scan. No, um, you, you need real you need, initially, but you need real treatment. In, in fact, I'm on, 
Yeah. In, in fact, there are experimental treatments for stuff like this. Like people uh, at UCLA are doing studies on, I'm not advocating this for you, but it just show you that this area is, is people pay attention to it, which is dread, the dread and the PTSD associated with cancer and terminal diagnosis. I'm not saying you're terminal, but that whole zone is looked at very carefully. And they're even using hallucinogens to try to help people with that. Uh, I'm not, I'm not advocating I that. I self-medicated with that. Oh. <laughs> Did it work? I, I've been microdosing mushrooms in safe environments since I've had cancer, which has been life altering because in, in, I think it's an important part of what got me through treatment of not being so concerned with the outcome. Right. Which, which is, know, which is great, which is great, but it's why you don't treat yourself and you need careful monitoring because it can also cause panic on the other side. So you, you really need somebody to, to, yeah. to, to look at all these medicines, look at what you've been doing and try to get your chemistry right here because it's, it's off. There should be a way to help you with this. Okay. Yeah. Nikki, you want to say anything to her? Okay. Well, um, I just want to say you're really brave and what you're going through is normal. And, um, it sounds like it's normal, like from Dr. Drew, just nodding along, like you're not alone with what you're going through. And, um, just like, I think it's really cool that you shared it with us. I think that's all I have to say. I'm just like in awe of you and, I'm like, this woman is having panic. Uh, she's you. just like talking to us cheerfully and yeah. she sounds fine. And I know that that's all on the outside, but it's the fact that you called up means you want help for it. And uh, yeah, just go, go, go get that help for it. I, I actually, I, I actually, I listen, yeah, I, I really, my, my, uh, my non-doctor self, I'm going to take off my doctor hat for a second. I kind of admire what she did with the mushrooms and stuff. She took matters into her own hands. And I kind of admire it. I won't recommend it. And I'm not as a experimenter for for years. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not recommending. I'm not advocating. I'm not saying it's okay. I just kind of, as a person, just admire that she's, she's really uh, taking care of herself and it's very serious about it. And I'm sure you read a lot of marijuana was a lifesaver as well. Well, I'm sure you've read, I live in Burbank. So (laughs) it it sounds like you've read (laughs) the literature and stuff too, though. So you kind of know what you're doing, but but just don't do it yourself. That's the problem. You can never be your own doctor. That's the, that's how you get into trouble. So, all right. All of my doctors urge me to go to edibles. (laughs) Well, get get a psychiatrist, get, get somebody who really knows how is an expert in this stuff and really can assess what's going on here. That's what (laughs) psychiatrists do. I thanks Dana. I was talking to a psychiatrist about a very challenging case just this weekend. And he thought of things that I don't think of. There are the dogs barking. Here we go. TV guys. He's going to get fixed. I'm, yes. so I'm very excited, but, but he thought of things and some subtleties that I did not think of. And I thought that's why I talked to a psychiatrist. Cause you can, you can really, they can really nail it down. Uh, much, much the way, you know, you've got a, a proper diagnosis with the ADD, it, you know, no, if you don't have the mm-hmm. proper diagnosis, you, d- you don't have the proper treatment. You can't, can't even know what the proper treatment is. So it's no diagnosis, no treatment. Hey, uh, Kayla, do I need to I've never break? heard of, um, wait, PTSD from a, a diagnosis. I mean, I, as soon as she said, it, I'm like, oh yeah, duh. That seems like that would obviously happen, but that, that must be a very common thing. It's a very common thing. And, and it's, and it's sort of typically you, you have an acute stress reaction you kind of get over it and then something else challenges you. Like in this case, she was, couldn't breathe. I mean, think how challenging that is. And then she ends up with oh PTSD. So, and, and then again, she, she, she was very smart. What she was saying, I'm on hormone blockers. That screws my mood up and my panic up. I, 
took mushrooms that worked for a while. Maybe that added to my panic. I'm, you know, they gave me Ativan, but nothing. There's a lot going on here. It needs to be kind of sorted out. Uh, the great Nikki Glazer. Where else should people find you, Nikki? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Nikki Glazer. You get it. We're going to take a little break. And uh, while the dogs are barking, you'll be right back. The World Health Organization estimates that each year, approximately 1 million people take their own life. That's one death every 40 seconds. Experts predicted numbers would peak in 2020, but no one could have imagined the devastation brought on by COVID-19. During the coronavirus pandemic, you may experience anxiety, sadness, and loneliness. Existing mental health conditions, including severe anxiety and major depression, may worsen. If you're feeling hopeless, contemplating self-harm, or you're concerned about someone else, I'm here to tell you there is hope. A Mission for Michael is dedicated to helping clients achieve complete inner and outer transformation. Mission for Michael is the premier resource for intensive mental health treatment in Southern California. With an astonishing two-to-one client-to-staff ratio, each client in their facility receives individual care 24 hours a day, overseen by a team of all doctorate or master's level clinicians. With a focus on evidence-based treatment, along with personalized and compassionate care, they offer mental health treatment that can change lives. If you're suffering from mental illness or you're concerned about a loved one, go to amfmtreatment.com. Again, that's a mission for Michael, AMFM, amfmtreatment.com, or call 866-581-4401. Again, that is 866-581-4401. According to SAMHSA's National Survey on Drug Use and Health, approximately 20.3 million people above the age 12 suffer from substance use disorder. Incredible. The disease of addiction takes an average of 130 Americans every day. Sadly, the opioid crisis, which many consider the worst pandemic of our time, has been even further perpetuated by the spread of COVID-19. Since the start of the coronavirus outbreak, drug overdoses have increased by 18%. Factors like economic stress and social isolation have led to increased depression and unnecessary deaths. A Better Life Recovery is a premier addiction treatment center in Southern California, offering one of the most highly regarded and comprehensive addiction treatment programs in the United States. Dedicated to helping its clients achieve complete inner and outer transformation, they offer a 45 to 90 day program custom tailored to meet the needs of each individual client. Long term is the way to go. Many of A Better Life's clients elect to stay up to nine months to receive additional support. A Better Life Recovery will do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to ensure the success of every client. Are you ready for a better life? Go to abetterliferecovery.com or call 866-581-4401 now. Back with Nikki Glazer. I'm going to let you go in just a couple of minutes. I'm going to do a whole bunch of COVID stuff that gets a little boring. So, mm-hmm. um, And Andrew Ashkazvili, I see you there. Stay with me because I want to talk about this new home test for COVID. I want to know what you think about that. Or be, tell me here on the stream what you think about it. My question really is how is it going to be monitored? Are you going to be registering something somewhere? I, I just don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, we've got more calls. I just want to, I'm, I'm not, unfortunately, as always, I feel guilty because I don't get to everybody. Uh, uh, oh boy, we got some difficult questions. Mm. Mm. Let's try this. Let's try Chris. Yes. Hi, Chris. What's going on? Um, well, I just want to know if PTSD hyperarousal can be confused with a bipolar mania diagnosis and, um, if the treatments are different, I missed what you were saying about PTSD treatments earlier because I was calling in. 
Yeah. Oh, and okay. sorry. First of all, first of all, I want to say thank you so much for taking my call, and I appreciate you so much. You don't even know. You are amazing. It's just awesome to talk to somebody who is so grounded in rea- Earth's reality. Well, you're very sweet. I I, I yeah. don't know that I'm as grounded as I want to be, uh, but I do feel that that's our job to to strive to take reality on reality's terms and to to stay with it, whatever that yeah. means. Um, yeah. Bipolar and PTSD. Are, talk about reality. But. Yeah, I don't want to drag yeah. you through that necessarily, but. But but uh, PTSD and bipolar are very different. I mean, if you look at the DSM five, they have specific criteria. There's you know there's ways doctors you know they sort of go through a little checklist of what your symptoms are to decide whether you fit in one category or the other. They can also do testing, like Nikki had testing for ADD, and the the testing sort of really tells you where you are. If you something called neuropsychiatric testing is a very accurate way to get a diagnosis. And uh, the PTSD, and you can have both bipolar and PTSD. I mean, the, the bipolar disorders, well, got, there's that. yeah. And, and I, and then there's, there's things get even more complicated, Chris, because the medications we use to treat the PTSD can bring out a hypomania in someone who might not have had it. But once that happens, they will give you a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. And I guess reasonably so, because you're likely to be on those other medications and they have to do something to keep the mood down. So you don't flip back into a full manic episode. But uh, you might just look about look online for the criteria. If you're worrying about what you may or may not have, look online for criteria and see if um, see if you meet those criteria. We're gonna take one more call. This looks like a heavy one, I think. Justin, go ahead. Hey, Doctor Drew. Uh, wow, I'm really excited to talk to you. Well, and we're actually later. this. I was just thinking when I read your call. I'm thinking. People want me and Nikki to do a Loveline-esque show that has shown up on the stream here repeatedly. And I thought, well, oh, wow. this, well, this question will really uh, get at that. So let's go do <laughs> it, Justin. Here, here we go. Okay, so um, I was hot and heavy with this girl. And my question is about numbness. Yeah. Uh, we kind of, she cheated on me with a, another guy. And uh, I got blue balls really, really bad. It's like I shut my energy down after I found out that she cheated on me. And so I'm at military school and I'm standing at parade rest. Now my arms are falling asleep. And when I sit on the toilet, my legs fall asleep. And uh, so I lay in bed and, you know, if if I was laying funny on my arm, my arm would start going pins and needles. So uh, it was freaking me out. But I got kind of mad at that since you know since she cheated on me i decided i was going to see how much pain i could take so i decided to lay on my arm on purpose in my bunk and so um i decided i'd go 30 minutes laying on my arm and my arm started with pins and needles for about 10 minutes and then it went super numb and it felt like a real heavy magnet and then uh it was very, very painful, the being completely numb, but it started really feeling like just a heavy magnet. J- Justin, and are you, or Justin, hold on. Are after you on a little while? Hang on, buddy. Slow down. Are you on any medication? No, no, uh, no do medication. You, do you have any other medical or psychiatric problems? No. Were you evaluated for all this stuff, all these uh, numb, numb neuropathic symptoms? No, uh, I saw the movie Nymphomaniac, 
with uh, what's his name. Keep going. We're we're intrigued. Nick is like, eh? where are you going with this? <laughs> yeah, uh, he is all over the place. The uh, where, where are we going? What, they try to distill this down to a question. What's the question? Well, the numbness that I experienced uh, was very painful, but it's like it shifted in energy and it changed into like a, a creamy blissfulness. Yeah. So it's like I went through three stages of like a heart attack. The first stage was pins and needles. The second stage was complete numbness or like a really heavy magnetism. When was this? And then how, how long ago was it this? Bliss, it went blissful. How long ago I was felt this? When, long? You, when you sit on his arm? Yeah. How long ago was this? Yeah, I was laying on my arm, trying taking as much pain as I could take. Justin. I wanted to see how much pain I could take. Yeah, I how mean, how long are you trying this? to put us through the same process right <laughs> now? About 30 minutes. <laughs> no, no, how long ago did this happen? That's so funny. How long ago did you, this episode happen? Uh, uh, it's uh, That was high school, and I'm now uh, a little bit older. Please answer my but question. What brought how, this up? How, this how long ago yeah. was this? How long ago? Uh, I'd have to say 20 years. Okay. And you've been functioning okay since you're doing okay. You're working. Yeah. The, the, it went away. The pins but, and but needles. In the I understand. Arm, Hold, just, what is the question? Yeah. Just, you got to stay with me. You're functioning normally. You have relationships and you're going to work and that kind of thing. Now, is that accurate? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Okay, good. Okay, yeah. so so we're going to talk about you. Um, uh, I don't know what this was, uh, but I like that he's building a case that his chi had built up so much that it was choking off his nerves. Uh, men do feel that way. Um, exactly what that was. I am worried that he was already in some sort of state when that, you know, people get very, very depressed in high school or maybe he was falling into a mania or something where he was making a lot of nothing, essentially. Not to say that he shouldn't get a medical evaluation because he should, but he's been 20 years fine, so unlikely to have really been anything medically important. But I, but I think he was in a different state than he realized when all that was going on. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I was very confused by all of it, but it just sounded like he wanted us to blame that girl for everything. He like, wanted to blame the girl, and he wanted us to say he's a nymphomaniac. And and he an infomaniac that made everything sexual, which is not the case. And nor did he build up so much semen that it was choking off the blood supply to his arms and legs, which is the other case. I'm he was sorry, but he was definitely touching himself while he was talking to us. Oh, it was no. like I'm that was uh, that, that was like trying to talk to a guy that's like horny and like reason with a horny. Like that was that was so horny. Maybe he is. Well, that's what and case he's just, making. That was, He's saying I'm a, maybe I'm an infomaniac, but but he says he functions normally. I, I didn't want to get too deep into, it, but he, he functions normally at work and he has relationships. So, I I think he's I think he, I hope gonna, he got out of that what he wanted. We're gonna say he a, needs a to calmness, whatever he called it. Ugh. Yeah. Um, be careful. Get talk to a doctor about this stuff. This is not medical treatment. Things are complicated and more complicated in your case than we can get into in the very short time we have here talking to everybody. Let me let me try to see if there's one more I can cleanse your palate with, uh, Nikki. Before that was impressive that you could follow that. I like uh, I was lost, but I, you were like there with it. I, I think I think I, I heard it. Is, it. is the TV fixed, Susan? Are we done? Am I back? 
She wants a mic. I have to beg for a mic in the show. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Well. So so there's a ghost in our bedroom because he he said that the HDMI was unplugged. And I said, well, how did that happen? He goes, I don't know. Sometimes they just pop out. Do you remember the part when you were leaning on the counter and and, and dropping cords Without and I was my pants and on? I was giving you shit about that? Yes, uh, that, that's the best view you've had all week. Yes, and uh, and that's how the cord popped out. I got news for you. Of course, he didn't jump out of bed to fix it. He made me do it. No, so. I know, but it was pretty funny. And I and I was really 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 tired last night. So <laughs> he was so tired, he ignored the fact that I had no underwear on. <laughs> didn't ignore it. I just didn't take action. The ghost liked it. Right. <laughs> he, he plugged in an HDMI and poof, it works. So I, I didn't unplug anything. It was our, it, you kept, you were back there pulling at, Oh, it's not plugged in. It's plugged in. You were pulling cables all over the place. It was pretty funny. You guys are cute. My arms aren't as long as yours. You do it next time. God. It, you, should have just had me troubleshoot it. I know. Oh, we could have called you and brought you yeah. in here last night. Trust uh, me. Anyways, you, you can watch the rest of the second episode. Okay, Nikki, before I let you go, do you have any and questions? It was right when she was going to the part where she was going to. She was about to be win the state championship or the tournament <laughs> or whatever. Have you watched Queen's Gambit yet? I haven't yet. I just got into Ted it's, Lasso and my parents and I are just obsessed with that. Have you this, seen that yet? I quit. No, that's not that. And I want to see Ratchet. That's going to be next. Yes. Yeah. Gambit's next for me. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really so well done. It's period piece. It takes you right back to the fifties and it's very well done. The actress is sort of uncannily good. She's really. Yeah. Like, person. like scares me for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's, she's, <laughs> whenever actors are too good, I wear like, oh, hope that person's okay. The actual person. <laughs> the, the, the fact that they were able to, uh, to conjure that kind of mental illness. You're like, Oh, she's been there before almost. Uh, it, it just, it, yeah, it was, it was, she's too odd in this, in this piece where I'm, and she might be perfectly, she may be perfect, right? But she's so odd in this thing, and so also adolescent. There, she captures adolescence so well that I I thought, oh, hope she's all right. <laughs> a lot of Ted Lasso, oh, a lot of Ted Lasso love here. Is that on Netflix? Oh, it's uh, no, it's on Apple TV. It's so good. It's okay. so lighthearted. It's so funny. It's so it's just great. It's just an. It really makes you forget about COVID. Well, speaking of which, before I let you go, do you have any questions or anything? Because I'm going to launch into a big discussion about that in just a second here. Anything? I think, do you think that there is a possibility? I mean, this is, this must be a thing, but it, that people are so, people are projecting a lot of their own fears that would normally, like their own anxieties about their life, just like things that would normally be there. And there's finally a place to put it all. And 100%. That this is why people are freaking out because it's like, yes, finally, what, what? I have... I have something to, to, yeah, put it. This, this has been pathological in many, many ways. And my, my, and we're only going to sort of gain a, an understanding of it. Looking back at it, we're still too close to it, but so, it, it, whenever things are excessive, right? The reaction was excessive. That's when exactly what you're talking about is happening. There's some sort of psychological dynamic and it's, they used to call it neuroticism, but it's excessive, this reaction. And I, my hunch it, it has something to do with the Trump derangement, like the Trump presidency. People are already so spun about that that then it just went to this, uh, and it sort of they sort of like mm -hmm. went to, went together in some way. Um, but, I just see that my friends that are normally the most um, 
nervous and the most anxious are doing the worst with it. And the friends that are not are doing better with it. And it's, uh, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it, it, that it, seems to correlate pretty it's almost perfectly. A, it's but almost, I, I, and I feel guilty that I'm not enough sometimes or that I'm too much. It's like every day you read one headline and suddenly you're like, oh, I gotta be more freaked out. I'm not a good citizen. And it, it's just constantly up a roller coaster of yeah. how I should be feeling and, and, and being shamed about not being worried or, you know, it's, we, we it's went, hard to know how to feel. As I said, we went to Mexico last week, and I knew we would take crap for that, and we did. But we were very, very careful. And, and you know, it, we, I, I, it was a really important thing for me to be social with a group of friends that I haven't seen in a long time. And it was therapeutic. My mood is better. My, my could have fallen. I mean, it's, we have to take care of our mental health and our physical health and navigate the risk, not go all the excesses. Again, the excesses are the problem. I have a runny nose. Uh-oh, she's got it. I'm going to die. Okay. So somebody wants to know about gargling. Well, does that yeah, happen? I, was, I, I got I, my teeth. I, I, I was going to get to all that as soon as, I, as, soon as I let Nikki go. And they had me gargle peroxide and water. It, it, it's, an, it's a, it's a non-starter, I'm going to say. It's so, just I'll, to protect I'll, himself. Maybe. So I'll tell you. I'll what tell about you. putting a hand sanitizer on your nostrils, around your nostrils, <laughs> so that if you do breathe it in, it would die? Someone no, told there, me that there's recently. A, there's a betadine solution that somebody sent me to read about that they claim they're having some results with. I know that there's research underway that within the next year or two, they're going to actually have something you can spray your nose that blocks the spike protein. That will be insane. That will prevent colds. That, it, may, it may be that we end up sort of curing the common or the, many of the common colds because of the, uh, our understanding of this new coronavirus. But um, I don't know that anything else really works just yet. But I'll, I'll, I'm going to look at this um, betadine solution to see if that does something. Uh, but listen, honey, stay well. Good to talk to you. Uh, I'll look when you go live you on Insta too. when you look live on Instagram. I'm gonna try to drop in on you. Um, you haven't been doing so many Instagram it. lives lately, right? Is that true, or have I just missed them? I haven't. I just don't need. I I don't need it as yeah. much. Yeah. I think it's uh, just feeling more secure. <laughs> well, but your but your fans miss it. We you know, they want to connect with you and stuff. Yeah, so. no, I I need to. I need to do be better about it. But uh, yes, I will be doing that, and um, and I will see you in uh, your dreams. I'll be, you'll be in my dreams, no doubt. So, like, and great. don't pull I'll out the there. HDMI. Be there tonight. Don't pull Good out night. the HDMI. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, don't. Yeah, don't. that's that's your job. Uh, all right, Nikki. Thanks so much. We'll talk Love soon. You, Nikki. Bye, bye. Love you guys. Bye, Susan. You can come bye. on my show next. <laughs> don't. It'll manifest. Okay, so let me talk about this gargle thing. So there was a piece of research that suggested, and it was decent research. It's actually not been peer reviewed yet but it was on mouthwashes killing the virus in the mouth and it works. Uh, so if you're going to spit on somebody and you are producing the virus, you're probably not going to transmit it through the spit, but your mouth is not your respiratory tract. Your mouth is sort of your GI tract, right? It's where you eat. Your respiratory tract is your nose back to your trachea and the virus will still get in there. That's its primary means of getting in. So killing it in the mouth, not really doing that much. Now, if you have COVID and you're going to the dentist and you don't want to spread it to your dentist, that makes sense to me. And that's why the dentist is yeah, doing he that. He gave me peroxide and water to gargle for right. 60 seconds, two times. I think that's why they're doing that. But my, it's not going to really do blew up. It's not going to really do anything for preventing COVID, really. I mean, not in the world or anything like that. So, so there's that. Now, 
the lot people were asking at the outset of the show. Well, that was uh, uh, Andrew. He wanted to know about Governor Newsom's behavior. Well, Governor Newsom went to the French Laundry with twelve other people. So there were fourteen people and sitting sat inside. They they were sitting in a nearly outdoor thing that maybe was supposed to be outdoor, but they locked them in it because they were yelling so and talking and laughing so much <laughs> was the main way to transmit the virus. And 14 people in a room, exactly what he has been pounding on Californians not to do <laughs> is a hypocrisy that is beyond expression. And you add that to Nancy Pelosi going to get her hair gun without a mask. It's insanity. <laughs> they should either... They have really two things they can do. Shut up and say, we'd like you to do these things. This is important and do health messaging and encourage the populace to do the right thing. Or they need to do the right thing. Right. It's literally like telling a 15-year-old to stop smoking while you have a cigarette hang out of your mouth. How's that going to work? You're going to tell somebody to stop smoking while you're smoking? Yeah, that'll work. It's horrible, horrible. And he apologized for it and then went, see, we're done here. I apologize. That's it. We're done, right? Yeah, we're done. I was, I'm only that's, human. Mm -mm, that's not how it works. Well, I mean, we we went to Mexico and people were like, well, my, our son was like, well, you know, you you went to Mexico. I'm not telling people to do. We don't do, tell people not to go to Mexico. I tell people to, I encourage things and to encourage them to navigate, to, to judge their own risk and to navigate, right. to be autonomous on this and to do the right thing. For what they think considered to they consider to be the right thing. So now, so wait now. Andrew asked all kinds of other things too. What else did he ask about? Uh, Andrew, are you still in the list here? I don't see you. I'm going to go. Uh, I will tell you. A home test has been developed. Um, a publication just came out a few moments ago uh, that they sent out to physicians. Uh, let me pull this up. There it is. FDA clears first rapid at home COVID test. It's a Test you do yourself at home. You essentially it's a molecular swab. Let me read about it a little bit. Uh, detects SARS two, a self collected nasal swab. Ages fourteen and older who are suspected. So we should be getting this thing. It has a little plastic mechanism that you push the swab into. Uh, let's see. The new testing options important uh, includes a device, sample uh, swab, simple instructions. Uh, after you've done your swab, the user opens the test packet, rotates the swab at your nostril, obviously, uh, and then you put the sample in the unit and you push start test. The ready light then blinks. Within 30 minutes, a positive or negative green light is illuminated. It is that simple. Uh, this is Lucera Health. They're going to scale up manufacturing in this. The test cost is probably going to be around $50, which is half the price of going for a rapid antigen, antigen test at an urgent care center and a tenth of the price or less of going to the emergency room for a rapid PCR. So this is a major, major and significant advance. So I think personally, I think we ought to get some of those. Uh, we ought to have that on hand in case there's any exposure or anything. Uh, let's see. What else was Andrew asking me about? There, uh, there we go. At home test, you ordered, it's delivered. Lots of officials worried. Will people not do it correctly and get incorrect results? Uh, Andrew, that is the risk of an at-home test. That's why they made it so simple. Uh, and look, are we going to trust people to do anything? I mean, are we going to say that you can't test, you can't rub your swab and they nose? And I mean, is that better than nothing? Is that not better than nothing? I, I you know, people that worry that it's not going to be perfectly accurate. It's something. It's something, and it's something we can get people to do. I mean, come on. 
All right, so that's the at-home Somebody test. Somebody wants to know about your advisor job. With um, uh, with Optech, uh, that's this this device that I've been uh, standing by. This show uh, how it works. I'll take a picture. Is it on? There we go. UV light. Oh, I'm blind. Ten seconds will sterilize surfaces. It's very very good. Yes. Uh, again, not a treatment for medical condition. Not 100 percent certain, but. It is something that is it's something I use, something I use on planes. Find it drdrew.com slash I want. Uh, let's see. No? So, so, uh, I, uh, oh, wow. hang on here. I, I've got to think about what I was talking about. The FDA test. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the data, which is, um, we talked a little bit about Missouri when Nikki got here. We are, as I've said repeatedly, we're in the middle of this big surge, but it is primarily driven by younger people. The death rate, let me go to the, um, this is the, oh yeah, this is the overall U.S. data. And uh, we're up, you know, people are predicting we may get up around 200,000 cases before this thing levels off, 200,000 a day. There is some leveling going on right now already, which is a good sign. There is also a suggestion that the hospitalization is leveling. It's gone above the 60,000 level, which is our previous high. It'll probably get to around 80,000. But of course, we are at three times the level of cases that we were when we were at 60,000 before. The death rate has gone up a little bit. Uh, it's around, it's still jumping around 1,300 or so. It's low is around 900. So it's not dramatically different than before, but it is definitely going in the wrong direction. And the scary part is we don't know where it's going to stop. It looks like it's sort of getting into a good zone. It's beginning to plateau, but it will continue to stay at that very high pitch, which will should create a delay uptick in the death rate that will be kind of nasty, I suspect. California, interestingly, although we're going into these new lockdowns, which I don't know if you've heard, we have a curfew here. California death rate goes down every day, and it has since uh, mid uh, late July. Late July is when it, maybe early week, first week of August, it peaked, and it has gone down every day since. The trend is down in spite of our, again, we're spiking just like every other state is. Our hospitalization rate is staying relatively low. So let me join you guys back on the restream here. Uh, whoops. Hold on. Uh, again, I want to thank people who um, uh, told, introduced me to John McDonald. I think that guy's great. I listened to his stuff in the morning. All right. Um, what's the curfew here? I didn't hear. It's uh, Ashley. It is from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. So no overnight restaurants and that kind of thing. Um Yeah, yeah, right. Passing a close closes down anyway. <laughs> um, let's talk about. Let's see what else you guys are interested. In. Is is Christmas canceled this year? Somebody's saying. Um, you see people ignoring the new rules, Casey. That's interesting. I, I you know, when you have a leader who uh, is so hypocritical, it's hard to get people to comply. They they have messed up the health messaging all the way along. Okay. It's really uncanny to me how we've spent the last twenty years since the HIV. Well, longer than. That. 30, 40 years since the HIV epidemic, studying how health messaging works and how you can change behavior. And they've just abandoned it completely in this particular outbreak. It's really something to behold for me. Um, I don't know why. Oh, the vaccine. When the vaccine comes out uh, and you get COVID, will you be able to get the vaccine? No, no, you don't, won't need the vaccine if you've had COVID. 
Um, but I will be running for the vaccine as soon as it is available, if I'm part of the population that is going to get the vaccine. Uh, we are hearing that the hospitals will be distributing it in the next couple of weeks. Uh, today, the Pfizer people came out and said, lo and behold, their vaccine is also 95% effective. So both the vaccines, the messenger RNA vaccines that have the same technology, which is Moderna and Pfizer, are having the same outcome, which is 95% efficacy. Flu vaccine is 40 to 60% efficacious. We consider that pretty good. Dr. Fauci is on the record saying that if we got to 70% with coronavirus, he would be astonished and that would be great. We're at 95%. That's incredible. And we should uh, be applauding that and we should go after it. We should go after that vaccine and be, I can't wait to um, to, to take it. Are you going to take any more calls? Uh probably not because we're have about three minutes Just left let everybody know uh, i'm sorry that yeah uh let me just look here yeah um well here's somebody's been a hold really the whole time so i feel guilty let me just take her call <laughs> That's nice. um rosalia hi hey there sorry wow. about the delay yes i'm here oh no it's okay thank you so much i'm like shaking right now oh my call. Bad. Anyway, I want to say thank you to you. You are an amazing man. You're very kind. And I watched you on the rehab show for a really long time. And uh, I want to say uh, prayers for the woman that is dealing with cancer and worried about Corona and all that. I'm so nervous. I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, What's going on? Um, lots. I've um, been dealing with anxiety, depression since I was really young. I was raped twice. As, as a child. I was 14 and 21. 14. Now, now, yeah, when I was 14, raped I was at 14 sometimes means that there was trauma earlier. Something happened when you were a child? Yes. What, yes. Hap what yes. happened? Verbally abused. Mm. I verbally abused by my family. Um, uh, I had a cousin that um, molested me, actually a couple. I was born in Italy, mm. Italy, so my whole family came to the United States in 1972. Mm. Um, I was the Cinderella of the house. Mm -hmm. I had five brothers. Um, like I said, very verbally abused by my mom, mm. um, hit by several of my brothers. But bring you up to date, so because I could be on this phone call for you know a day um i in order to get out of my house i married somebody that was very abusive mm -hmm. and almost killed me oh, boy. i'm lucky to be alive um i always ended up with the wrong guys of course it's because of my brothers my five brothers um i was you know beaten by a couple of them and what have you um so then I married again uh, to my husband that was in the movie business and I was pursuing acting and he was a, a boom operator at the time, then became a sound mixer for Ally McBeal, um, Paul Lewis. He won three Emmys. Um, I took care of his two um, sons. Uh, his wife was an alcoholic drug addict. Mm -hmm. So I um, took care of two boys that are 30. And 26 now, and they're doing great. Cool. The youngest one was um, in rehab for heroin, and he's been sober six years. 
I have an 18-year-old daughter that I had with my husband. So she has the two half-brothers. Um, my husband had, uh, had to have uh, back surgery at some point, and they went through his stomach. It, uh, the fusion didn't take. And he would go out and start working out again and get re-injured. Well, but he, so he he's, to, here's the deal. So that's the story of opiate addiction. So now he's strung out on opiates, right? Correct. 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 And then right. he had two neck surgeries, shoulder okay. surgery, yeah, a that's couple knee surgeries. All drugs. All drugs. Your pain, pain, pain gets completely distorted. 40. So so now he's way into mm-hmm. it. So what's 40, 40 oxygen. Right. oxycodones a day. Right, right, right. That's what he was taking. So he's, his life is in danger. Kept, you should definitely have Narcan on hand. Uh, so how can I help? He, he passed away. He passed away. Oh. He ended up um, getting leukemia. <laughs> and I took care of him. I brought him back home and cared for him. And <laughs> sorry. In the meantime, I was the only um, caregiver for him. Okay. There was no help, mm-hmm. and um, he was six four, and four eleven, and I t- at the time weighed one hundred and ten pounds, mm-hmm. and he was two hundred and twenty five pounds in great shape and what have you. All right, so um, so now it's now it's but, your now it's your back and neck, right? Correct. Okay, so, so are you on? Are you hang on? Let me let's just cut. Let's cut right to it. Are you on painkillers? All right. Uh, yes, but I don't take them. Um, I don't abuse them. Do you have, I will how take many, one how, if I really need it. Which is how many times a day? Uh, maybe not every day. Okay. Uh, okay. A couple okay. times a week. Okay. Are you on any other medication? They don't, they don't help. Are you on any other medication? What I'm, what I'm, yes, what I'm addicted to is my Ativan and my Ambien that I've been on for a good 15 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I take them as, as needed, but needed is, you know, I'm taking them for one or the other every night. Um, I, counseling doesn't help. Um, I just moved from Thousand Oaks to Irvine to be closer to my family. Mm-hmm. And my family's just not, you know, they don't exist. Right. Um, so, so we so we're... I'm all my daughter. Let's get, let's cut I'm right through it. What, what, how, what, do you have yeah, a question or? Yeah, the question is, so, um, I'm overweight and I, of course, tweak my neck and helping my husband and my back. Um, and they want to do a fusion in my low, my low back. Mm-hmm. So with what I've seen with my husband go through, right. um, you, you don't want to do know, it. dreading it. Yeah. But, I don't blame uh, you. He, yeah. Here's, here's what you must do. Here's what you must do, and you're a perfect candidate for this. You must really get serious about physical therapy and, you know, some kind of whatever the exercise program you will do, whether it's Pilates or yoga, you've got to lose weight. You you have everything in the world to gain by doing these physical things that will change the entire story. You you can save yourself from all this. I know it's hard. I know you've got the Ativan. I know you're in a lot of stress. I know there's a lot of stuff going on. And it's hard to do things like this when you're feeling like this. But if you really make right. it, take it seriously, you have everything to gain. You have everything to gain from okay, weight well, loss and physical interventions like physical therapy and whatnot. And, and get, acu- get any, yeah, anything um, other than uh, pills. 
or surgery for a time for the okay. time being. And I totally agree with you. I'm on um, um, doing Jenny Craig my third day. Great. Congratulations. 60 to 70. Good. Thank you. 60 to 70 pounds to lose. Um, as far as my, I can't walk. My whole left leg uh, was so bad. I literally was holding onto the walls. They did a bilateral uh, steroid injection that Good. I had done before and it did help. Good. But I know that that's probably. Um, it's a band-aid. No, no, not if you, not if you, it will not be a band-aid if it will help fix this thing. If you do the, all these things you're, you're on your way to doing and it will be, they'll become its, its own self-perpetuating kind of thing. As you start to feel better about yourself and better about your back, is there any motor problem in that leg? Are you having muscle loss of muscle mass or, or weakness that is not related to the pain? Yes. Yes. I can't stand on that leg. Right now, I'm fine because I had the epidural, but there's instability in the um, S1, L5. Okay, then there's a, a protruding I, bone. I, I understand. Protruding I, bone. I, I know, and that can get better. That can get better with all these physical interventions. It can get better. You can work on this. You can oh make God. it better. Lo- losing the That's If so you don't lose the weight and you don't do this work, it's not going to get better, and then, then you're sort of stuck. But you, know, you don't do back surgeries for pain. You just don't do that because it doesn't really work. I mean, it works sometimes, but not, not usually. And, and, you know, and you've got a lot of stuff you got to do, but then you're going to, you know, you need to also talk to a psychiatrist about the mood issues, about getting off the Ativan and the Ambien. Uh, you may need more formal treatment for addiction per se, though. I, I don't get that feeling from you. I just feel like you're one of these people that the doctors have strung out on benzodiazepines, which they so often do. And if you can have somebody help you get off of that, you're going to be okay. So, it's, so there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do, but you got to get serious about it. And you, it sounds like you're on your on the road. You've started. You're going to Jenny Craig. You, I'm sure your neurosurgeons would happily give, refer you to a physical therapist, find an acupuncturist, find a, a Pilates or yoga, whatever it is that, that you feel you you will do, and, and then uh, a good psychiatrist would be helpful. You're there in Irvine. UC Irvine has a gigantic department of psychiatry and get some help getting the right medicines and getting off the wrong ones. My dear, I've got to go. The whole show's over, Rosalia. Thank you for the call and the kind words. Um, Susan, last words from you before I sign off. Do you have a a mic? Yes. I I have a mic. Oh, good. I get to talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, you did a great job. You're going to be on Fox 11 tonight. And also um, people... Maybe next time we can show some of the stream. We were asked that, but the what? But Caleb did a fantastic job. We didn't have any problems. No, it was we, great. We Even forgot. the dog barking. We were in a commercial break during when the TV oh, guy was here. Okay, so yeah. I was going to say, I hope you play the commercials, but we do have we one did. more to go. So if okay. anybody wants to hang out and and hear about our sponsor, Hydrolite, we'd yep. really appreciate it. And thanks everybody who's out there who watched and share if you care. Uh, Andrew, you're talking about the mass study. Uh, yeah, the mass study. Oh, he's not gone yet. Was what it was. <laughs> Uh, lasting immunity. That was the other thing. Yes. La- there's, there's some evidence that once you get COVID, you may have a decade or more of immunity that that's what it's starting to look like. The antibodies are not the whole story. And I keep telling you, that's the thing I'm going to do with Atatech. So we're going to, I'm going to Richmond to have my blood measured to see if I've had previous coronavirus exposure. And if that confers anything useful against this particular virus, so there's a lot of stuff. It's, 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 ha- it's a lot of stuff churning right now. A lot of stuff Good news coming. So uh, thank you, Susan. Thank you, uh, Caleb. Um, thank you to your lovely wife. Did you put the um, 
credits up there and everything. Right. Everybody got their credits. Uh, <laughs> uh, I right. leave anybody out. That's All right. right, we're gonna have to take a we're gonna have to take a little twenty four hour break or so. Are we back in here tomorrow? We missed yesterday, and we yeah, apologize we'll for that. Tomorrow. I had a, my tooth drilled. And I understand. I had to work for I'm, Fox. It's not being critical. Um, okay, Christopher Love. You got a nap. You I have a great. They they just made a suggestion for a um, great guest, which is Doctor McDonald. That guy, that British guy, I listened to. If we can get him on the show, that'd be very very interesting. I bet we can get him. I bet we can. Uh, and again, thank you all for your calls. Those of you I didn't get to, I apologize. And um, for those of you on the stream, we appreciate you being here and uh, look for us at Locals. I'm trying to get over there and do some more stuff. We brought that Locals group in here on Monday. We'll bring another one in soon. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And uh, we will see you tomorrow. As we're gradually moving back to opening schools and businesses and, of course, our in-person interactions, I want to remind you, this is all time with cold and flu season getting going. Staying hydrated is key to helping your body deal with the added stress and with the upcoming flu season. My regular fans have heard me talk about a product called Hydrolyte for a long time now. It's an amazing rapid rehydration drink. It's a mix that, well, we're obsessed with here. I'm excited to announce they've just released Hydrolyte Plus Immunity just in time for cold and flu season. Hydrolyte Plus Immunity starts with their fast-absorbing electrolytes and adds a host of immune-boosting ingredients. Each single-serve, easy-pour drink mix contains 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C and 300 milligrams of elderberry extract, creates what is hopefully immune-boosting formula that's high in antioxidants and zinc. Combining this with Hydrolyte's seven key electrolytes, it's a fantastic way to stay proactive and properly hydrated. Hydrolyte Plus Immunity comes in convenient, easy-to-pour powder sticks that rapidly dissolve in water and make a great-tasting drink that has 75% less sugar than your typical sports drink. It uses all natural flavors, and it is gluten-free, dairy-free, caffeine-free, non-GMO, and it is vegan. And you can find Hydrolyte Plus by visiting hydrolyte.com slash Dr. Drew. Again, that's H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E dot com slash D-R-D-R-W. Be sure to use our code Dr. Drew 25 at checkout for a special discount. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. This is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm a licensed physician with over 35 years of experience, but this is not a replacement for your personal physician, nor is it medical care. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, 24-7, for free support and guidance. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.